Hey there, welcome to episode five of season eight of the Simplify and Multiply show. And today I'm going to be having another amazingly fun chat with Dale Roberts. Now, Dale is a self-publishing expert. He's a video content creator. He is amazing. I had him as a guest on last season where we talked about publishing a book that grows your business. And we had a great time. And so I had to have Dale back because he has a lot to offer when it comes to delegating admin and getting virtual help. And so let's go ahead and have a convo with Dale. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Hey, Dale, welcome back to the Simplify and Multiply show, season number eight, repeat guest, yes. That's right, baby, two times. I'm so happy to be back here, and uh, I'm sure, big shout out over to my assistant, uh, Ava Fails. I'm sure she's listening to this right now. She loved the last uh, time that we were on here. Shameless plug, everybody's got to stop listening to this right now and go back to the original episode so you have some context. That's right, and do it right now. That would be episode... <laughs> That would be the first episode in season seven, 701. <laughs> and that's when I have a lovely chat with Dale. And so, Dale, I love that you acknowledged Ava because this conversation we're about to have is all about delegating admin and getting virtual help. Mm -hmm. And I'm having you back because you have gone through a lot in building the team that you have today. And I've seen your team in action and I've heard from you uh, how amazing they are, just like the acknowledgement you just gave Ava. And I think that what you have to contribute to my listener on this call, on this episode, is going to really be beneficial. So why don't we start by just kind of talking about when, you know, you've been in business seven years now? Yeah, we're going on seven years. Seven years. And when you got to that point where you were like, oh my gosh, I just, I need help. How, what were some of the first stages that you went through where you were like, I don't want to do this, or I need help, or kind of what was going on with you as a one-person business owner where you were starting to really consider getting the kind of help you needed? You, you know, I think it's important that I at least give a little bit of a prequel to that, because there are times when you feel like you're ready to take on a team. And you're like, hey, I'm ready to do this. But you technically aren't either financially equipped for it or mentally equipped for it. Mm. Now, let's put a pen in mentally equipped because I'll tell you that that's something I still struggle with to this day. And I'm getting so much better about it because I'm a type A control freak. And I like to do everything myself because I know it's going to get done right. You know, and it's going to be done just perfectly but the problem is we only have 24 hours in a day. Well, originally yeah. when I broke into the business of self-publishing, I was told everyone, like 
everyone's like, you got to get a virtual assistant. 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 And I'm like, after a while, I'm like, oh, I got to get a virtual assistant. I wasn't making more than, I would say, 100, 200 bucks per month. I know that sounds ridiculous, right? Yeah, there was a point where I was making less than four figures per month, which is absolutely insane that I was hiring out a virtual assistant. You Mm. might be saying, well, I hear virtual assistants can be pretty cheap. Yes, they can, but it still is costing you something. Yes. The whole thought process is a virtual assistant will help you out with some of the other tasks that you don't otherwise need to bother with. So let's just say, for instance, social media promotion. We don't need to go over and tweet out every day or every month. We can probably hand that off to somebody who's equipped to doing that. So that way we can focus on other higher tier and higher, you know, movements, if you will, tasks, projects, you know, building out more of a team. And well, it didn't occur to me that something was wrong until I started to analyze my month earnings and expenses. And I was paying more to my virtual assistant than I was putting in my own pocket. (laughs) That sucked. That sucked really bad. So in the event that you're kind of finding yourself like, oh man, I listened to this podcast with with Dale and Terry and and they were talking about getting an assistant and and how you absolutely, no, you don't need that until you get to a certain level. Now, this is the part where I I thought I'd just lay the groundwork first because there's got to be some people that think that it's sexy and it's great. It's beautiful to have a team. But if you can't financially handle that, you shouldn't be bringing them on just yet. You're going to have to be the the brains behind the whole organization. You got to be the brawn behind the whole organization. Keep going. It got to about 2016, about five years ago, right now of this recording, that my business just took off. It was like a slingshot. I, 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 it was almost like I went on like a roller coaster. You hear the ching, 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 ching. <laughs> January came and it went woo. And I, I'm telling you, it was the wildest ride. I got a couple of YouTube wow. interviews. Things started really blowing up. And it wasn't until I got a YouTube channel devoted to self-publishing that I was like, okay, I need help. I need someone to help me manage my fitness brand while I grow this YouTube thing. And so I tried out a couple people and it was a nightmare. It was, oh, there was like some people, they just didn't get it. I would try to train them up. Still didn't get it until I finally had a friend say to me, hey, did you know that Ava Fails actually does assistant work? And I was like, really? And I just kind of knew of her. We just kind of were just past each other on social media from time to time, never talked directly to each other. And it's crazy to think that it'll be five years this spring that she and I have been working together. Um, I was ready to do it because I needed to expand my business. Mm. And for me to continue to try to do it myself would put a cap on my earnings potential. Right. Because that means that something's got to fall. You can only spend so many plates, folks, before Mm. something falls over. You're going to have to hire out and delegate responsibilities to people. The funny thing is for the first year that Ava worked with me, she was managing the fitness brand. But after that, it started to transition over into the YouTube stuff because I saw what she was better equipped for, what I could delegate duties to her for. And then it just, that's when the magic started happening. We really saw this great relationship start to blossom. And I would say over the past couple of years is when it just 
exponentially shot up for the two of us. In fact, it got so bad so, see normally she does assistant work for me and she works for other people, okay? So I was like, I'm gonna fill your schedule. I know so many people that would love to work for you. We filled her schedule and such until she finally one day was like, stop sending me customers. <laughs> she got so stinking busy, she had to tell me to pump the brakes. She was like, no more customers is great. But all that to say this, that it got to the point that I was able to bring somebody on that financially, I was still paying myself and still do, paying myself more than the person I'm bringing in. Not to say that Ava's getting paid like, you know, peanuts. You know, I'm not, I'm not giving her a, a, a watch for a bonus at Christmas time or nothing like that, you know. <laughs> She's getting, you know, paid her value. But the nice thing is, at the end of the day, my business continues to grow and make money while paying me handsomely and still paying her in the process. Right. Well, let me ask you a question, Dale, and then we can get on to the mental aspect that you touched on. Yeah. When it came to the relationship blossoming, what do you feel was really happening that it blossomed, that you guys kind of hit it? I mean, five years working with someone in this way, that's a testament to you and her, of course. But what was it? What's the dynamic? What did you create together in the work that you were doing together? It's like any good relationship. Communication is key. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely critical. And you don't need to just be focused on, well, you listen to me. Mm -hmm. It needs to be an open loop. You need to have a continual feedback, okay? I tried to find her strengths and play into her strengths. Also, trying to unearth those weaknesses and figure out how could I better equip her so she's not so weak in that area, or is this something else that I could hire somebody else to do? But I think the communication was just the biggest issue right out the gate because there was a couple times the ball was dropped over on her end. But instead of me sitting here thinking, well, Ava screwed up. That's it, she's fired, she's out of here, I'm done with her. I took a step back and I said, how am I communicating and why is it that she missed this particular thing? Or why is it, because it's not always the fault of the person that you're hiring out. It might actually have a lot to do with you and how you're communicating with them. You know, it's, I'll tell you, as a, I used to be a manager at a healthcare um, facility and I did it for 20 years as an activities director. And I got better and better and better and better towards the last four and a half years of me being in the healthcare industry, I would say was my best run yet because I started to realize that managing isn't about bossing the person around. Mm. It's about leading by example and raising those people up. I think Gary Vaynerchuk put it really good that they don't work for you, you work for them. Yeah. I've and when you can put yourself that. into that mindset mm -hmm. of, I work for you. The funny thing is, beautiful things happen. It's nice because me, I'm kind of trapped in a bubble. Me, I just, like, I know what I know, but I also know that outside my bubble, there is a larger expanse of knowledge and some insights that I could really use, and she's great for that. 
So sometimes whenever I have some ideas, I'll be like, hey, got an idea, pitch it over towards her. So then not only part of that communication process was, okay, us getting the work done, but it was also getting it to where we're on the same page and she could have some type of uh, investment in it, investment in what we were doing. So instead of me getting the sponsorship, let's say with like Fiverr Pro Writing Aid, before I would get that, I would go and approach her and say, hey, what do you think of X, Y, and Z? And do you think this is a good proposal? So then she's able to pitch back to me what she thinks about it. I'll tell you, there's been some, <laughs> some companies out there that have reached out to me. I'm sorry if anybody's listening to this and you were a company that reached out to me and I rejected you. Do not take this out on Ava, but every now and then I'll shoot it over to you. She'd be like, that's garbage. <laughs> But communication is the answer to this. And yeah, well, I, I challenge you that it's even more than that. And I agree. Okay. I think that setting your setting your team up, whether they're a temp or, you know, whatever this, the model is that you're using, setting them up for success is super important, you know, with proper processes, you know, all the pragmatic stuff yeah, and making sure that their responsibilities are clear and you're communicating. But the way you talk about Ava... And the fact that you guys have worked together for five years and the fact that she's comfortable giving you the kind of feedback that she does about you, your work, your guests, you know, decisions you make on proposals and things like that. And the fact that you're able to trust her and lob ideas and respect her feedback. Yes, there's value in that for her and for you, but that does that just doesn't happen. You create that. So what was really at the heart of you creating that deal with her? I think that trust is ultimately what, what it comes down to. Because initially, there wasn't that trust. I took her for a test drive for about three months. At first, it was like a month-to-month type, type occasion. And I was like, let's see how well you do here. Let's see how well you do here. So I think that after the first few months, I was like, okay, I can trust you with this, this, and this. Um, and then after about a year, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, we're here for a year? That's crazy. Okay, well, it's just, I couldn't say that there was any one thing, Terry, that I'm like, I 100% trust you and I'm going to get you to do everything that, you know, whatever. I think it was just maybe even a two-way street. So there were some times to where she would make a decision and I'd go, I'm not really sure about it, but let's let it ride. Let, let me see how this works out because I wanted to be able to trust her and I can't trust her until I could let her prove herself on her own merit, you know, and yeah, that's, that's going to be a huge thing. But I think it's also, you know, I'm going to press you on this because I think sure. it's also what you were bringing, like how you were showing up and, and I want to acknowledge you as I'm getting to know you. Yeah. Right. So your your heart is so in your work and the people you are helping, whether they be a client, a partner, or part of your team. And I know that what I know of you is that you're, you're not the typical business owner that would just kind <laughs> of be the super, not superficial, but, you know, I don't want to generalize, overgeneralize things. But yeah. I run into a lot of people that they truly treat their uh, VAs, they're, you know, the, the people that help them on their team, especially if they're a solopreneur, as just the task fulfillers. Mm-hmm. And they don't really look at them as a, a true component of the success of the organism that is the business, which is made up of the people that are in it. 
Right. And I think that what you have done is you have stretched yourself into understanding that there's more to it than just this task you know, in and of itself, like, yeah. you know, obviously you had your, your test period and blah, blah, blah. And that, you know, we kind of have to eke our way as business owners into that trust, because I tell you what, as solopreneurs, we are, we covet our business. Oh, yeah. We want to protect it. It's our baby. We mm -hmm. want things to be because to our clients and our audience, it's a reflection of who we are our values, our beliefs, our experience. It's like us, right? That's why I'm so into this 1000% you and in, in the work I do with my clients. And what I see, you're like the, the perfect example of what I feel is an expression of who you are through your work and in this organism that you're creating with the people that are helping you be successful. And that's why you're getting the results you're getting. That's why she's still with you. That's why your natural gift of referring her to all these other people to the point where she says, please stop sending me customers. <laughs> right? Yeah. You, you don't do that, right? So that's like not a normal thing. And so I want you to turn the mirror on yourself and say, you know, you've really come a long way in growth, in trusting. And I, I love that you brought that up, trusting that this person and other people on your team as well can help you expand and grow yourself as a business owner because we do need that objectivity. And I think that's one of the missing elements that solopreneurs like don't even consider when they look at outsourcing Yeah, is they don't see that outsource as a true partner that can contribute to them, not just the task at hand or what the, you know, the SOPs all about or the contracts all about. It's beyond that. And I think that the more we evolve in, in solopreneurism and just entrepreneurialism is that we are becoming more sensitive, respectful, acknowledging of relationships inside business and building our, you know, I mean, we've got all the marketing stuff, the tribe and the this and then that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all know that. But yeah. what's really enriching for me as a solopreneur is the relationships I have, the relationship I have with you, right? Yep. And we're still getting to know each other and stuff. And But this is what I want you to, you know, feel. I'm mirroring for you that this, what you've created in your relationship with Ava is incredibly powerful and unique, and it speaks volumes to who you are as a person. And not everybody can accomplish that. So, shucks, thank you. I, I wouldn't be able to say say that, you know, because I'd feel almost braggadocious if I were like, "Yeah, it's me. It's all me." Um, I, I well, really no, you are like probably the most humble person I've ever met, honestly. <laughs> In some regards, some regards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really something. Uh, I, you know. Something to kind of go back to, and I'm sorry to just gloss right over the compliment. Thank you so much. Um, when it comes to communications, expectations, communicate expectations both ways. What do they expect of you and what do you expect of them? And try to lay out those expectations and get it to where it's realistic so both people are on the same page. So that really, really helps out. Um, I hate to, you know, we're, we're always talking about Ava. Let's, let's transition over to my video. Uh, editor. My video editor is fantastic. He's also a mm. video consultant. 
Uh, he's worked with some of the biggest names in influencing and, and continues to to this day. Now, he's when did amazing. back up a little bit? And when did you like you you talked about, mm-hmm. you know, bringing on Ava five years ago? What was going on in your business where you're like, I need help with this because you are a massive <laughs> content producer. Like, hello. Yeah. Yeah. What, it's almost 600 videos on YouTube so far. I mean, yeah. What? Ah. <laughs> um, it was about two years ago. Um, I knew that I was, my business was hitting that because it go, all business goes into ebb and flow. You yeah. always hit an ebb and flow. You'll hit this like it's peak, the highest of highs, and then you'll, you'll dip down and be like, oh, and then you hit it again. <laughs> and I knew that I was going through another major upswing and I always could kind of just predict right about then, like how much it would shoot up. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I need a video editor. And I'd ran into Dan Norton. He was working as an assistant to Daryl Eves at an event called Vid Summit in Los Angeles. And he pretty much was like helping run a 24-7 live stream. Wow. And he and I got the chatting and we just, we, we hit it off right from the, the get-go. So when it came time for me to have a video editor, I was like, hey man, uh, do you do video editing? And sure, sure he did. So I pretty much did the same thing for him that I did with Ava and that I took a test run and I don't know, for whatever reason, I just, I got cold feet. I think it was a control issue because like I enjoyed doing video editing at that time. And I'm like, I really want my videos a certain way and I don't want them to be deviated off that. So remember I said we were going to put a pen in it, the mentally equipped portion. I wasn't mentally equipped for that yet. I couldn't part ways with that control and feel okay. I knew I needed to give it off to somebody because I was limiting myself so much. So about last year, March, it'll actually be one year. I've been working with Dan. Um, I came up, said, Dan, I was like, I surrender. I'm yours. (laughs) I'm like, you know, I'm like, that's it. I'm like, and it was so funny because at first he was like, is this okay? Is this okay? I was like, no, no, step back. I was like, you're a great videographer. I was like, I trust all of your judgment. And sure enough, wow. he sent a couple things. We need a little bit of tweaking here and there. But now he can just upload his video over to YouTube for me. And I'm ready to rock and roll because I trust him 100%. And he's yeah. just fantastic at what he does. Um, I think it helps out that Dan and I have more of a closer relationship because he and I were already kind of broing out, you know, texting each other on a regular <laughs> basis. What are you doing? Did you watch wrestling the other day? So it probably helped out. <laughs> And then when we transition into professional type, you know, conversation, we're able to like, okay, shut off our bro aspect of things and focus 100% on business. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Are you feeling so burdened with busy work that you're not getting the important stuff done in your business? Well, as we're uncovering in this season, you don't have to do everything. As a coach once said to me, the thing must be done, but it doesn't have to be done by you. The great thing about making decisions about how you run your business is that you can choose what to do yourself and what to automate, outsource, or eliminate. But if you're not sure where to start, let's talk it through together. Book a call with me at pappychat.com, and I will help you clarify a plan on how you can get the help you need. That's P-A-P-P-Y-C-H-A-T.com. Let's get you focused on what gives you joy through expressing your 1,000% and offload the stuff you don't want to do so you can make more runway for your business to grow. Yeah, and you know, it's it's really interesting because um, one of the early episodes of this season, I talked about when I was doing the same thing. I had uh, a designer that worked for me when I was at Marriott, and I brought him in on design projects to help me out. And... I remember the first couple things he did were very passable, but I had to 
pee on that tree. I had to get my DNA in there. I had to redo it. <laughs> and believe me, I did not make it any better, right? But I got to put my, you know, control over it, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, and I justified it with like, oh, I don't want to put anything subpar in front of my client. Well, it took me a while to get over that, right? That kind of like, you know, over controlling thing you were talking about. And um, fortunately, it was relatively quick <laughs> because I'm like, okay, so I'm paying Dan to do all this work. I'm going in and kind of redoing some of it. So I'm not really benefiting. You know, it was like kind of like that duh moment. Bingo. And I'm like, just stop, right? Just stop it. He does excellent work. He's a great artist, great illustrator. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to like force myself to just take what he did and give it to, right to my client. So I became more of a project manager, you know, just handing it off and then yep. taking feedback and giving it back to Dan and stuff. And let me tell you what, that th when I got out of it and stopped dicking around with it, my clients were thrilled. Yep. I was like... Oh my God. You know, meanwhile, I'm over here having a stroke about something not being kerned properly. Yes. And my client's like, I love it. I love it. And I'm like, ah, oh, lesson learned. And so, only you and I are the ones that know what kerning is. You know, oh, it's like, oh, yeah. What's this? They just don't, yeah, that trash font. What do you do with that font right there? There's, there's, <laughs> why do you have so much? Oh, there's too much space between the K and the I E. Do. Like, what are you doing here? Yep. I do. I yep. still have font Tourette's when I see bad typography yep. anywhere. I go into like this Tourette thing, like where I'm like spazzing out. Like, oh. <laughs> it's, it, this is fun fact here, folks. If you don't know what, what kerning is, look it up. It is, yeah. it's something that drives people with typography absolutely insane if you don't have the right kerning. I know it really does. Oh, I swear. But yeah, so I went through the same thing with Dan and mm -hmm. it took and I've gone through iterations with VAs and copywriters and, and it is because I've done so much of my own work and my own creative that it's really hard. But you, you know, the examples you gave, I mean, especially with your with your video guy. Uh, oh, my gosh. It's so time consuming. And when you it give is. yourself permission to step back and say, there are other people that are not only really good at this, but they're better than me. Yep. And I need to stay focused on what I love doing and what I'm really good at, like that nobody else can do. And this that I think is the hardest thing for a solopreneur is to thing. find what that is, Yep. you know, and, and then being able to sustain the, uh, the cost of the outsourcing is really important because then, you know, the solopreneur owners and myself, including, we have to figure out how to keep the revenue going and keep that pipeline filled. Yep. yep. So, yeah, and that's, totally. that's a thing that keeps me going as far as being a business owner is the fact that I do have two people that I, I feel that if I were to drop off, not bring them any more business, that that's food not put on their plate. So that always pushes me forward. That always inspires mm. me and says, okay, even though I don't feel like streaming today, I still owe it to them. So that way I can make sure I take care of them. You know, the funny thing is it's, it's motivation for me. I stay motivated to continue to go after sponsorships, to continue to increase AdSense revenue, to increase affiliate marketing revenue, to sell more books, things like that. So that way I can continue to employ these two and add another one. Now, I tried to add another one this past year. It just didn't work out. You know, and I, I'm going to end up having another person on my team here relatively soon that's going to help out with building out some other assets on 
my brand. But for right now, it's like mentally equipped. I don't know I'm there yet because mm. I tried this third person, did it for about three months and I was like, ah, okay, maybe you're not a good fit or maybe I'm mentally just not ready for that yet. I know financially I can afford it, you right, know, but right. at this point I'm like, I don't mentally, I don't know that I'm equipped for it or that I'm ready for that. Yeah. And you know, that takes a lot of um, self-awareness to, to know, to gauge that. And you've already had two good successes, so you know what works. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing underneath also is that what works is the way you find these people. What I've heard that is similar to both is you respected their talent and their skill, and yep. you knew them in the business world. They weren't just like going to Elance or Upwork and getting somebody that way. You know, Elance, like that's a, old school right there. That's an I know, old name. I know. Look at me <laughs> grabbing at, and I used FreeUp, you know, <laughs> way back. Um, and, and there's, I mean, there's so many different resources and stuff. And yeah. when you really, and that's what I'm hearing from people who are having a lot of success with their outsource uh, partners is that they are asking for personal referrals. Do you know someone who does this? Yep. And then it's a matter of really clicking with the personality. And I think that's probably what, and this is an assumption on my part, just based on what you're saying, but I think that's part of what these, I, mean, I almost want to get these two people on the on the show to talk to them about it. Uh, but th I know that they respect you and that they want you to be successful. Um, and the fact that you're asking them for their opinion, that you're running things by them, that you're treating them as a true partner as opposed to a task person, a person that's just there to do a task. And that's a huge difference in the way energetically how you have the relationship and how you're communicating. Um, and, and I and I like being that way, too. It's like, what do you need? But it's hard, you know, when you, you know, it, it, so many, there's so many dependencies around like the business and, you know, what are you doing on a regular basis? And can you provide enough work to keep this person filled up with their pipeline portion of, you know, like with Ava, she has other customers as well. Yep. And so you want to make sure that that's all balanced out. And it, it can get tricky for a solopreneur to figure that out. The other thing is, Many of us solopreneurs do not have experience from whether it be from the corporate world or another business we worked at where we managed and led people and we lack leadership skills. And, you know, there's so much out there right now and has been for a couple of years now about leadership, leadership, yeah. leadership, right? And most people think about it in the context of a corporate or a, a business environment where there's employees or people in, in a big organization or a small organization. And so there's hierarchies and there's these groups and teams and meetings and stuff. But when you, when you talk about a solopreneur, it's like a whole different ball of wax. So what are your, some of your thoughts on, you know, a solopreneur who needs the help, but has really poor leadership skills or just, they're just inexperienced and of no fault of their own? Hmm. Good, good question. Well, first of all, you need to study it. You need, you need to study it. And, and kind of like what Terry said, there's a ton of information out there. Uh, John C. Maxwell is fantastic. One of the foremost authorities on leadership. He has every book he could think of based on leadership. And some of them are short, some of them are long. Just pick one, start reading it and sit down and discuss it with a peer. 
It's not important that you just sit down and read it. You need to discuss it with someone. So like, let's say, you know, Terry, you get a hold of Terry on the phone. Hey, I just got them reading this John C. Maxwell. I just want to kind of, you know, share some things I found inside the book. And being able to riff off each other, you'll be mm -hmm. able to kind of get it better ingrained in your system. So that way you kind of know how to do it. Now, the next thing is you want to go ahead and start hiring out. You have no leadership experience. Well, nothing beats experience like having more experience. So you're just going to have to just get your feet wet. Yeah. Be ready to just dive in. But I would say, kind of like what I said earlier, you got to take it for a test drive. Take mm -hmm. it for a test drive. Figure out some of the nuances to actually implementing being a leader versus mm -hmm. being a boss. You know, you do this or, hey, let's do this. Well, let's work together. Mm -hmm. Whereas opposed to, you hand this on over to me by X deadline or else. Or we say, what do we need to do to make this meet the deadline by this point? What do you need from me to make this happen? So there's, there's so much involved, but study, being a leader, get some feedback. At some point or another, you're going to be working with somebody, say, for a month, two months, three months. Say, what do you need from me to make your life easier? Or what could I do better that would get it to where you could be more successful in working with me? That's it. And, you know, it's almost like how you treat your clients in a lot of ways, yep. especially if you're in a consultative uh, capacity where you're working with someone um, and, you know, helping them achieve a, a specific goal or as a consultant or trainer or, or something like that. And it's it has to be. And that's why I love that you in, like initially touched on the, the value of communication and making sure that that's present. Now, let's flip the coin a little bit and wrap up our conversation talking about the solopreneurs that really resist, for whatever reason, uh, building a team out. And it has all different kinds of impacts on their business, but they really just don't want the complexity of managing a team, whether they're somebody who works 10 hours a week for them or much more. And they just really don't want to have that. They want to be freer. They want to have a simple business um, where they mm -hmm. just don't have that uh, demand, you know, that kind of responsibility of giving direction, giving support, you know, having those interactions, having the communication, right, building the relationship. Not that that's good or bad. I mean, it's no judgment. It's like it's a preference. And as really solopreneurs, we, we build our business and run our business the way we want. That's why we're solopreneurs. Yep. And there are many that are very reluctant to do so. And a lot of different, you know, results happen. You know, some of them just like have horrible marketing and horrible execution. And, you know, they are, they're not following up on sales calls and they're just not, they're not <laughs> functioning really well. Uh, but they they have this kind of like conflict between how do I, you know, run my business and be successful and do the work I love to do and work with the people I want to work with without having all this complexity of team and output and production and all of this other stuff. What would you speak to for those people? It's okay. It's okay for you to want to do it alone. It is just fine. Um you're going to need to analyze what you're doing on a regular basis. You're going to need to treat yourself as an employee, constantly analyzing how you could better perform. What are certain things that you can help to 
maximize and optimize your day? You know, are you spending time just running on a treadmill or are you actually moving the needle in what you're doing? Mm. So I'm going to say this through my own experience and my own perception. So this is my opinion here, folks. You greatly limit your, your earnings potential, your ability for growth in business if you don't try to get some help, okay? You're gonna, look, that's fine. I've known so many people that make six figures a year or more sometimes just doing it by themselves, but folks, vast majority of those folks are unicorns. Yeah. You know, uh, a great one here to kind of bring up uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, his name's Leon Lush, don't know him. Leon Lush is just tremendous, funny guy. For his first million subscribers, he was editing all his videos himself. Million subscribers. I got 45,000 subscribers. And my assistant, by the way, just handed off. This was one of the latest things I handed off to her over the holidays was you start managing my comments. And she's like, oh my gosh, I got to do about an hour per day on something like this. I was like, thank you. And she's like, you get a lot of trolls. I was like, thank you. So (laughs) can you imagine how like Leon Lush had a million subscribers and it was just him working by himself. He finally hired out a video editor and is working with his video editor on a regular basis on two different channels. Wow. It just kind of, kind of shows you what you can free up in your life. Mm-hmm. You don't always, there's so many people that I think buy into this hustle culture. Like, oh, uh, it's hustle, yeah. hustle, hustle, hustle. The more you hustle, the more money you'll make and the more happier you'll be. Nah. If you're happy hustling 24 seven, you go ahead. But meanwhile, I'll be taking a week and a half at the end of the year off because guess what? I hustled my face off so I can relax and do nothing. And I did a lot of that over the past week and a half with a vacation. (laughs) Let me tell you, it was awesome. So if you are a solopreneur and you don't want to have a team, then mentally you're not ready for that. That's totally okay. Don't let anybody demonize the position that you're in. If you don't want to grow out and build out a team or you can probably just think, just dabble a little bit. Just do yeah. a little bit of dabbling. It's what I did initially, and it was all I could afford at the, at the, at the onset. Mm-hmm. Now I'm able to do more than just dabbling, and I'm feeling like I can trust the people that I'm working with a bit more and grow out this team. Um, I know, and just to kind of share just a little bit of any insight, that's me. Let's say, for instance, my wife has her own business. Over the past half year or so, she actually started working with her sister, Her sister started doing work for her and such. And it took her a while to actually get somebody on her team because my wife, Kelly, wants to do it herself. She doesn't want to build out a team. She doesn't feel like building out a team. But the nice thing is she already had a relationship. And I'll tell you, at first I was like, I don't know. You should be hiring family on. I mean, I love your sister. And I do. It's no no pun intended. But I was like, that can probably be some real. She's like, we'll just be cautious and such. And she loves it. She loves working with her sister. It's a great way to kind of get connected. So yes, don't let Terry and I ever just like make you so frustrated. You're like, I don't want anybody on my team. I wanted to be me, (laughs) myself, and I. Totally fine. You can look at the instance of someone like a Leon Lush who did it up to a million subscribers. I'm sure he was making easily six figures or more per year. And he really didn't need much of a team. Me personally, I want the team because I like my days off where I can lay around on the couch and do nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. And, you know, I also think that 
there's because you know I'm a big advocate of simplification, right? Don't do it unless it really drives something positive, whether that be revenue or joy. And I mean, it's the name of the podcast, right? Simplify, multiply. Yep. And I think that if if someone really is like married to that concept, like this is my model, and it's me, you know, I'll you know hire somebody to build something for me, and then I'm done. But as far as like at the team, the official team. That's not something I want I want to get into. So what I would advise a solopreneur that was in that kind of situation and choice is find ways to simplify your business so you don't have to do it 24-7, so you don't have to work 100 hours a week. So And be okay. Like I was talking to one of my colleagues, and they make, you know, mid six figures and they could be killing it in the seven figures and maybe even more but they're choosing to be in that because it it helps them sustain a very easy free flowing now this is somebody who's you know a little more seasoned and their choices are different their priorities are different so it's not about you know making the multi millions and you know being crazy busy i mean he has a wonderfully simple business model he doesn't do uh, hardly any marketing, honestly, um, and he's able to sustain a, a lovely income and live a wonderful life that he enjoys very, very much. And now that didn't happen overnight, obviously. He has relationships and he's known in his particular industry for what he does and the work he does. And so, but he's okay where he's at. And I think there's some peace about that. That, like you say, you know, they they beat on us about the hustle and the growth and like go to six figures, seven figures, blah, blah, blah. And especially the online marketers like on Facebook and stuff. And it's like, oh, my God, just shoot me now. And that's why I think a lot of like the pendulum is swinging back. You know, people are looking more for simplicity, ease, freedom, relationship, value, joy, uh, fulfillment, legacy, right? They're doing these things and the, the almighty dollar isn't driving them like it may have used to in the past. And I think that that's an awesome thing that's happening. And, and I think it's most visibly demonstrated through solopreneurism because we do. We have a tremendous amount of flexibility and freedom to run our businesses how we want to run them. So true. That's awesome. Ava is going to blush when she listens to this podcast. <laughs> I will, I predict. It's the most I've talked about her on any podcast before, so. <laughs> She's going to be like, Dale, why'd you talk about me like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ava, thank you for letting us be, you know, a platform to uh, use you to convey some really great value about outsourcing getting virtual help and delegating. And uh, Dale, there's so many other things I would love to talk to you about on this topic, but thank you for sharing your experience and building out your team, your super strategic, smart team. And uh, I look forward to, you know, hearing more from you and definitely having you back again. You can't get away that easy. Season nine, baby. Get me on for season nine. Maybe I'll have a third member by then. There you go. So you can give us those updates. So thanks again for being here today. Thank you, Terry. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get 
with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.